Good afternoon. This is 12-12 Light Work with Sojourner Drew. Um, today I want to talk about a couple of few things that was pertaining to yesterday's episodes. And I want to maybe elaborate and expound upon the Minty Rescue Mission. Just a little bit. And I want to be able to read a little bit about what black holes are. and be able to actually explain a couple of things that has happened and transpired in this universe to bring it to the dire situation that it's in right now. Why is it so important? Why is this information relevant? Why do people care? Why should we care? Um, I think reading about what black holes are and being able to give your mind some context as to how important that information maybe is. And so, in our star system, there's been a couple of black holes, but one for sure black hole because of a planet actually blown it, being blown off the star system grid. So yesterday I was talking about <clears throat> this with my, my sister-in-law, and we were expressing to each other about things that are going on in the universe and as far as like asking for like different entity help and if you would ever know that other entities are available for you like guardian angels or you know your spirit guides or your soul family that you could pray and actually call out to and get their assistance in different forms in different ways different fashions and so when I was explaining it to my sister-in-law yesterday as far as like having some help on the universal spectrum the place in Earth's position in our solar system was off the grid because of what's been going on in our solar system with different entities, negative and positive, sometimes intervening. So it had to be a quarantine situation. But in that midst of being quarantined, our position in star maps got deleted or actually just misplaced or somebody intentionally took our position in the star map out of the spectrum for instance like if we had a navigational system and i'm in la and i want to travel to i don't know seattle washington and i looked on the navigation and i typed it in and said okay it's going to take you 26 hours to get to seattle so in reference if i'm looking at a star map and i want to go to i don't know the planet earth and the milky way galaxy and I'm in Vega or the Palladian star system. I will be able to star map it and track it out like a navigational system, exactly how to get to Earth. It's the same as mapping a navigational chart from LA to Seattle. It's no different. And so our position in the star map charts was moved and misplaced and I think intentionally, deliberately moved out the way. So we couldn't get no assistance for any other outside entities, especially positive. And so when I explained to my sister-in-law yesterday what happened and what changed it was that when those bombs went off, Hagasaki and Nirishima, Nirishima, however you pronounce it, excuse me, um, the terrible travesties that happened with the nuclear bombs that went off here on planet Earth, that vibration that went out after those bombs went off sent out a vibration in just not this solar system, but all solar systems in this universe. And so... For the first time in a very long time, 
people were able to actually look up, turn their heads and say, what the heck was that? And where did that vibration come from? And after investigating, they see that Earth, that's where it came from, which was misplaced in the star maps. Nobody could actually get there. Now we were able to receive a little bit more help and assistance as to the direness of our situation in this solar system. Because before that, we weren't really getting too much help whatsoever. It was not on the star maps. It was just misplaced. And so if there was somebody looking for it, they couldn't find it because there was no record of it being in that star map. And if you watch an episode of Star Wars, I mean, the movie, the movie, there's a scene where Obi-Wan Kenobi is looking for a planet in a star system. But when he goes to the records of it in like the Hall of Records, he can't find it. It's like, man, I know this planet is over here, but in the records, it, it's not here. And so that's kind of similar to what happened here on Earth. There's records of the star map and Earth being over here in this star system, but somebody took that record out. And so if you wanted to go find it where it was at on your navigational chart, it wouldn't come up. You couldn't find it. <clears throat> so me being able to read now about the black hole, um, I think I maybe expounded or maybe even read a little bit to some like yesterday, but I want to really actually go back and really um read it to where people understood it thoroughly and if there were any questions no problem i'm open for questions dialogue at any time you can reach me at email wise infinite.lotus at yahoo.com and i answer any questions within the time matrix is interconnected and when a planet or galaxy is blown off the grid a hole is left within the grid fabric it's called a black hole this black hole affects everything within the area activity surrounding the hole as energy flowing around the broken grid lines hits blank spots of breaks in the pattern when energy approaches the black hole in the fabric of time matrix it is magnetically pulled into the black hole and is no longer able to re-enter the time matrix from the position in which it first entered the hole. This energy can take the form of an individual and biological form, a personal soul matrix, or soul, a planet, or a galaxy, or the entire galactic soul matrix. When one element enters a black hole, it, its own sequential program will serve as a beacon for all other energies possessing that particular coding and systematically pulls in more and more energy from its home system, creating an exponentially expensive quantity of depleted energy in the system. The black hole will not stop from pulling energy unless it is sealed off. <clears throat> Excuse me. So in this solar system, this star system, we have a black hole. It is sucking in everything in this path. And it is 
it's bad. It's, it's pretty bad. And so what we're trying to bring to light and make people more aware of is the divinity and the divineness inside of them. Whether if it's male or female or whether if it's the chipmunk or whether if it's the buffalo or whether if it's the bison or if it's the gazelle or if it's the lion or if it's the cheetah or if it's the apes or whether if it's the gorilla it doesn't really matter all of it is divine and all of it is the spirit of god residing in all of it and so right now when this solar system the black hole is siphoning that energy and it'll suck in everything in its path and then eventually it'll just keep sucking in energy until it just implodes on itself and so us being able to activate our own personal Merkaba, our own basically personal spaceship to be able to slide in and out of dimension whenever we want to, slide through the Stargate whenever we need to, and not be stuck down here in a black hole star system where it's going to eventually implode on itself. So when we talk about a Minty Rescue Mission, we're talking about any entity that is incarnated on this planet in the past 400 million years that has talked about human beings and their divine right heritage as stewards of the stargates planetary stewards so i'm gonna read i think chiron so i know that's a planet that got blew off the grid being said i'm gonna move along to something i actually was able to come across earlier and that was a little bit of something about the light body um <clears throat> the light body actually is enabled by a tool that we use called the merkaba but it's not actually just a tool it's actually um a mathematic jump geometrical makeup of who we are and where we come from and our connection to God. And so when you may think of a Merkabah, you may think of it as your vehicle to actually fly, levitate, go through the star gates, or just actually your your shield at all times. It surrounds you, it encompasses you. You're always inside of it no matter what. You're the form that's always constant, but the Merkabah always surrounds you. And for a visual depiction of it, you would maybe say Star David or that blue star on the flag of Israel. Um, for gangster disciples, it's the six-point star. That six-point star is a Merkaba. And in sacred geometrical terms, it's called a star tetrahedron. And so that star tetrahedron 
is what you would use to go through a Stargate. And so I had a wonderful depiction of it. And that wonderful depiction of it is in this book. And I would love to read for it because I can't describe it the way that I feel like this book can. Because this book pretty just describes it pretty well. Um, I have tattoos of a star tetrahedron on me. Just as a reminder because I just know that it's what I need and what I need to be consciously aware of at all times. <clears throat> because this is what I would use to get home. This is what I, I would use at all times is my Merkaba. <clears throat> and so what I kind of want to do is actually read from Drumvado Melchizedek's The Flower of Life Part 2. And so for me, The Flower of Life Part 2. It has a very good depiction and description of what a Merkabah is. And so, I'm going to have to find it real quick. And, oh, there it is. And, I'm going to read from this because I love the way he describes it. And again, I'll get other, you know, descriptions and definitions for you because it's that important. But I love the way he describes it for the simple fact. You need descriptions of ancient knowledge, sacred knowledge, or even anything higher conscious, esoteric, or just spiritual. Um described and defined and elaborated and so and explained so you could actually understand it the best way your consciousness can possibly grasp it instead of discounting it information to have somebody actually explain it or have somebody actually interpret it define it discern it it helps it it really 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 helps and so With that, I'm going to go to page 93. Okay. The Merkaba, the human light body. The Egyptian mystery school study all the varied aspects of the human experience, more than we could possibly speak of here. But the one aspect that was central to the entire Egyptian training and the mysteries was the Merkaba. The Merkaba, the human light body, was everything. Without this knowledge and experience, the other worlds were impossible to reach from their way of seeing it. Merkaba has the same meaning in several languages. In Zulu, it is pronounced just like in English. The spiritual leader of the Zulus, Kridu Mutwa, says his people arrived here from space on a Merkaba. 
in Hebrew, it is Merkavah and means both the throne of God and a chariot, a vehicle that carries the human body and spirit from one place to another. In Egyptian, the word Merkabah is actually three words. Mer is a sphere-like kind of light, a counter-rotating field of light. Ka means spirit. At least here on earth, it has the connotation of the human spirit. And Ba means the interpretation of reality, which here on earth usually means the human body. When you add these words together, my understanding of Merkabah is the counter-rotating field of light that will interact and translate the spirit and the body from one world into another. Though it is really much, much more. It is the creation pattern itself through which all that exists has originated. You know this. It's nothing really new to you. You just forgot for a moment in time. You have used a Merkaba a zillion times as your lives have unfolded throughout the creation of space-time dimension. And you will remember again, just as you need it. This chapter will speak indirectly of the human light body, or the Merkaba. We will talk about the internal mechanics and energy flows of the light body. Whereas in the next chapter, we will give the understanding of the Merkaba meditation itself. A way to actually experience it. Then remember, it will probably help you to know this internal structure first in order to work with your higher selves or your height body. If you don't feel it necessary, then of course, go on to the next chapter. Let it be known that you can recreate or activate your light body without this knowledge. You can recreate it with love and faith alone. And for some people, that is the only way. I acknowledge this possibility, but my assignment here on earth is to bring forth this pathway using male knowledge, because some of you can only understand through the left brain. The female pathway is a more intact, is a more intact within the earth's biosphere. And it is the male that now needs to balance so desperately. We will begin with the innermost points of energy called the chakras and slowly move outward to explain the entire human energy field. This is a lot of information. There is only so much I can do to simplify such a complicated subject. Before we begin, there's one last image that must be seen or you will never understand. No matter how much you try to know and understand the Merkaba through the sacred geometry, it will never be enough. There is a missing half that is experiential. And it can only be experienced while you are immersed in love. Love is more than just necessary. Love is the very life of the Merkaba. Yes, the Merkaba is alive. It is nothing less than you and you are alive. The Merkaba is not something separate from you. It is you. It is the energy lines that allow the life force energy, the prana, the chi, the flow into you and from you back to God. It is your very connection to God. It is that which links you and God together as one. Love is half of the light that is swirling around you. Knowledge is the other half. When love and knowledge become one, the Christ will be present always. If you think that within these pages, you may find something useful to help you in one of the projects of your mind, you will never know the truth. It can only be experienced. If you're searching for the mechanics to have the Merkaba experience, I offer you to follow it.
The geometrics of the human chakra system. If the male pathway is your choice, then the human chakra system is imperative to know and understand when working with the subtle energies within and around the human body. They're often lumped together and called the human light body. The chakra is an energy point within and sometimes outside the body that has a specific quality. When a person is focused in one particular chakra, their whole world is colored by the energy of that chakra. It is like a lens through which everything in existence is interpreted. Although each chakra is different, both energetically and experientially, they all have certain aspects that are the same. There also is an underlying energy flowing through the chakra system and connecting them that is extremely helpful to comprehend. The human chakra system is based on eight chakras along the spine. There is a more integral system of 13 chakras, which we will examine later. Realize that there are many minor chakras we will not talk about at all, such as the ones in the hands and feet. We are first going to focus on the flow of energy up the spine area, then branch off to many related subjects. In the next chapter, we will see the sacred geometrical fields of light that surround your body and are the basis of the living Merkaba. We will explore the geometrical structure, <clears throat> excuse me, the geometrical source of the eight chakra system, which is based on the structure of the egg of life, the same energy pattern as the original eight cells of the human body discussed in chapter seven. No, also that the original eight cells, the eight chakra systems and the eight internal electrical circuits of the human body seed in Chinese medicine are all related to the cube or to the star tetrahedron. Depending on one's point of view, the electric circuits have many conduits connecting to every cell in the body. In Chinese medicine, these circuits are called meridians. A full study of the chakra system must include this knowledge, but not here, because it is so complex and not really necessary for our purpose. Here we'll introduce only what is necessary to activate your Merkaba. And so, as I'm reading this, I'm going to chime in and expound upon just a little bit. So, to activate this energy field, you must first be aware of your energy flow in and out of your body, the basis of who you really are. And so, I think I mentioned it yesterday, that you have nine main glands in your body, but seven really main glands that connect you to the other ones, which is 13 total, if I'm not mistaken, but better known as 12 or 13. I'm, I'm assuming it's really 15 total, you know, going down to the center of the earth, connecting you to the center of the earth of where you're at, and a total of 15 reaching all the way out to the universal spectrum of creation, all the way out to the universe, to where you're connected as above, so below, no matter what. You're just connected to all of creation, always. And so, in the Bible... um, in the book of Revelations, I've tried to share this with a couple of people and I'll continue to share it because I think that reading that book allegorically, you have to be able to see some of the basics. If you're reading that book, literally any book in it, 
when you're reading it all literally, whether if it's John, whether if it's Matthew, whether if it's um, Luke, or whether if it's Ezekiel, Job, or whether if it's Daniel, you have to be in a state of confusion. But if you read it figuratively, like in the book, John 16, he tells, Jesus tells his disciples, you know, I've been speaking to you figuratively. I've been speaking to you in figures of speech. So when your minds are over there wondering, what the heck is he talking about? He keeps saying, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to come back. And then later I'm going to go away and come back again. What the heck is he talking about? And Jesus noticed it. So that's the only time he actually caught it. And it was written in scripture to where he said, look, you guys, I get it. You guys are confused. You don't understand what I'm saying right now because I've been speaking to you in figures of speech. You know, your mind is trying to figure it out because you're listening to me trying to figure it out literally. Like, what is he talking about? I don't see it. It's not meant for that. It's meant for you to feel it. Not to see it with your two eyes. It's meant for you to feel it. So an interpretation, the metaphor for feeling this truth would be for those who have eyes, their third eye, that main gland in the diametric center of their brain called the pineal gland. If they're using that, they'll be able to feel this truth and they'll know for a fact. This isn't something you're going to be able to literally see with your two eyes. Just say, oh, there it is. You're not going to get that one. It's not the type of party. But if you do feel it and you're using your third eye and you're using your heart, you can feel this truth. You'll get goosebumps. This is just what it is. You get that tingly feeling. And so in the book of Revelation, John was one of the last ones to activate his crown chakra, his third eye. He was one of the last ones. And he wrote that book in a state of figures of speech and metaphors because that's what he saw. In the first three chapters, he said, immediately I was in spirit. And so when he said, immediately I was in spirit, he's talking about, I'm activated and I can feel this. And so when he wrote those seven letters to the seven churches, that's allegorically a metaphor for the seven energy centers in your body called chakras, but better known in any medical field as the glands in your body, your glandular system. From the bottom of your spine to the top of the crown of your head, you have a glandular system. And if you're looking at it from the visual, you would see like a radio frequency or a radio beacon. Take the arms off, take the legs off. From the bottom of your spine, base of it, to the top of your head, you have these seven glands that line up straight, up and down. That is your energetic centers, the seat of your soul, who you really are and who you incarnate and be. That energy right there just moves around from place to place Why it's here. You know, we use the arms and the hands basically just for materialistic stuff, just to feel and touch and, you know, be able to move around about. But your spirit can move around just fine without the arms and the legs moving. And so that's the allegory allegorically metaphorically explanation of the first four chapters for sure is take care of those seven churches what do people do at church they worship you take care of those glands in your body to the best of your ability you treat them with pristine care as best as you possibly can because if you knew how important they were you probably would treat them a lot better and so you take care of those glands in your body in chapter four this will happen for you Chapter four is called the throne room. 
The throne room is a metaphor for your brain. As you start taking care of those glands, your brain is going to activate and it's going to open up to all new, beautiful information that you've been waiting to get to. You just didn't know about it yet because you weren't taking care of your glands. You start taking care of those glands and that brain is going to boop, boop, pop open like a lotus flower and it's going to blossom. It's going to look so beautiful. And so in chapter four, just a metaphor, the throne room, he says, immediately I was sitting in the seats of Jasper and Sardera stone. I was the one on the throne. That's you sitting on your seat, your pineal gland, and you're just being able to bask in the glory of this and the gratefulness and the thankfulness of this. It's the most beautiful view in all of the universe. He says that there was a rainbow behind him and that there were seven candles or seven lampstands at his feet. That means he had tamed these seven glandular systems, seven chakras in his physical material body. And that there was 24 elders, 12 on each side that sat around him that bowed down. They all had crowns on and they would bow down and say, holy, 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 praise God almighty day and night. Well, in a metaphorical sense, these crowns, these guys sitting on the throne are actually the 12 cranial nerves on the left side of your brain and the 12 cranial nerves on the right side of your brain. These 12 cranial nerves that are separated by the two hemispheres of your brain called left hemisphere and right hemisphere. When you start to take care of your glandular system, these two hemispheres start to come closer together naturally. They start vibrating so high that it seems like they're just bowing down and coming close to touching each other day and night because they are they're actually coming together and working together as one rather than being separate and so those 24 elders with the crowns on are metaphorically speaking the 12 cranial nerves on the left side and the 12 cranial nerves on the right side these cranial nerves connect to your central nervous system and your spine and that central nervous system connects to your glandular system and that's how we are incarnated as a physical divine blueprint human being in the flesh through that basic system right there and the metaphor of that chapter 4 throne room is the understanding and knowledge of that and being so thankful of it there's four beasts sitting at the seat or at the floor, at the feet of the one sitting on the throne, these four beasts are representatives of your four animalistic behavior. There's a, a ox, there is an eagle, there is a lion, there's a head of a man, and they all have wings and they all have eyes all around their body. These four beasts are representative of the four animalistic behaviors that you need to tame and curb and keep at your feet. And be the king of You can't let the beast control you You have to tame the beast And these four animalistic behaviors are One, eating meat Two, orgasms It's called sacred sacrum Holding on to your orgasm is Your fountain of youth Gambling And taking in intoxicants Those are your four animalistic behaviors That people do on instinct Without consciously thinking about it They act like an animal when they use that conscious i mean unconscious behavior and so consciously you would have to tame those animalistic traits of desires and temptations to be able to sit on this throne and so on this throne those animalistic behaviors are tamed and john's trying to explain that to him and so 
taming those animalistic behaviors and having the 12 cranial nerves bow down and say, thank you, God, praise God, holy, holy, holy day and night is a complete understanding of your anatomy. Not Grey's Anatomy, the TV show, but Grey's Anatomy, the book, and understanding how your body works, genetics, DNA, to all the vitamins, nutrients, and minerals that you need, um, as well as the things that you want to stay away from that are bad for it, like the toxins and the iron and the foil and the bromine that's in white bread, the chlorine that's in your swimming pool, but you know states do actually put it in their tap drinking water, which kills your pineal gland. Um, and fluorine or fluoride, which they put in your toothpaste and in other other stuff that taints it as well. So these neurotoxins and stuff you need to be aware of. What's the best thing for your body and what's the best stuff that actually activates my, my spirit, my soul? What is the best thing that power up my brain? And there's actually nutrients and vitamins that are really, 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 really good for it. Like iodine is a necessary nutrient. Sometimes salt put it in their their little ingredients it says well this salt does not contain iodine which is a necessary nutrient and i tried to say it to my family member one time like i think iodine when it says necessary nutrient means that we probably should be getting more of that and you should because iodine insulates you it actually insulates you from colds it actually insulates you from viruses any bacteria iodine is supposed to be in our drinking water every single day it's just naturally supposed to be in there you know, you get a lot of high content of it in like Himalayan pink crystal salt, which I love to use. Um, that content of iodine right there is very, 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 very special. Your body needs this. Um, like if some virus or bio something chemical act popped off and people were sitting there ugh, sick, getting thrown up, you would be fine if you had iodine. You'd be looking at them and helping them, but you'd be like, I'm okay because I'm, I'm all right. I don't. See what the big deal is. Iodine actually does that for you. And so not to have that in your everyday drinking water supply, you're missing a piece of who you really are every single day. You should never get sick. Get sick for what? Human beings are connected to everything in existence. There's no reason for you to ever get sick. And so they don't, this government, they don't tell you what you are, who you are, and what's the best things for you. They pump all the stuff that's bad for you, for sure. They don't push it. But they are slow to tell you anything of the best stuff for you, which is vitamins, nutrients, minerals, and um, and nutrients, minerals, and oh yes, I'm sorry about that. Hydrogenated drinking water, hydrogenated drinking water. If you got hydrogen in your water, mix with the iodine. Oh, you ain't never getting sick. No AIDS, no cancer, no nothing. Um, I'll try to share the link to that and I'll try to find it again. I promise you. But, and I'll even maybe just play the audio on a couple of seconds of it. But I promise you, there's a well in Lakota, Mexico. Lakota, Mexico. Where this water pumps out natural hydrogen with iodine. The people stand in line all day long to get this water because it heals you. No matter if you had cancer, AIDS, it really wouldn't matter with the ailment in. The concentration of hydrogen iodine in this water, in a couple of few days, you're going to be A-OK. I think Magic Johnson traveled to this Lakota, Mexico place to get this water in 1989, 1990. But they don't tell people that. But hydrogen iodine, most definitely. 
two, you can actually get gold, silver, platinum, iridium, rhodium, rubidium in your diet every single day. Um, gold is dark purple fruits and vegetables like Concord grapes or blackberries or plums or any dark purple fruit or vegetable is gold, literally gold. It is AU off the periodic table because the roots go deep into the soil, the minerals. That's where it actually comes from. So the dark purple fruits or vegetables, eggplant is gold. The bottom of turnips, gold, gold. Silver and platinum, basically you can get Colladio silver from your whole food store. Use the ingredients wisely because you don't want to take too much of that. You overdose or turn blue. Um, the other forms to get silver and platinum is really just hemp seeds. I haven't seen too many other ways to get silver or platinum. Hemp seeds, hemp seed, hemp seed, hemp seed. Hemp powder, protein powder, or hemp seeds. Put in your protein shakes, add into your salads, add into your diet. That is silver or that is platinum, literally. Um, iridium and rhodium, aloe vera, organic aloe vera. My grandma used to have an aloe vera plant growing up. And she would actually say, boy, go break off that plant over there and put it on your scraper. I had a burn or something. And it was jelly, a little jelly type substance. And it would help. It would heal me. But actually, the plant would grow back as well. So it healed me and it would heal itself. So thinking back now, when I was younger, I'm like, well, that makes sense. I'm older. Why not just drink it? If you mix the organic aloe vera juice, it has a little bit of bitter taste to it. But if you mix it with whatever you're mixing it with, I don't care if you mix it with Kool-Aid or strawberry juice or peach or grape juice, it's going to bind with that and taste like the strawberry peach or grape juice. It may have a little bit of drop off because of the contents, but it's going to taste basically like whatever you mix it with. So me, I mixed the aloe vera organic Trader Joe's like nine, ten dollars. Mix it with the Concord grape juice. That's gold. That's that same little grape juice that grandma would give you on first Sunday or a preacher would on first Sunday for communion. They don't tell you that Concord grape juice is gold. They try to give you that little tiny cup on first Sunday. No, you need to keep that in your refrigerator every day. Concord grape juice. That is gold. Mix that with the aloe vera. Get you some carrot juice, the beta carotene. Mix that in there with it. You put a little honey or something or... You know, some maple syrup or agave, whatever makes it sweet for you. You know, some people are allergic to honey. Stay away from that. Mix it with agave or something that sweetens it up for you. Or the, the carrot juice. The organic carrot juice sweetens it up. It's better than milk to me. You mix that up in there with the gold, the iridium and the erodium for the aloe vera. And then you got the beta carotene with the carrot juice. I promise you beta carotene is not just for your eyes. That is an intellect food. That is brain food. You mix that up in there and it's going to taste so good. That is the fruits of the gods. What they would drink on a daily in Egypt. This is what this the normal juice that would just float around. Why would you want to drink anything else? Because you're drinking gold, platinum, iridium, rhodium, rubidium, beta carotene when you're drinking this. This is the best stuff for your genetic makeup, for your glandular system. I promise you. And so... If you go to naturescure.co.uk, you can check out the little Nature's Cures book. And it has all of this information about, you know, nutrients, vitamins, minerals. What's the pros? What's the cons? What you need? What you should stay away from? To me, it's like better than Grey's Anatomy, the book. Please check it out. It would help you out. Um, I want to say thank you for 
listening. I know it's a lot of information to intake and to digest, especially each episode. But I got so much more for you, man. It's a pleasure and an honor to be able to share with you. You know, um, I feel privileged. Um, I love you. I don't even need to see your eyes. I don't need to touch you. But I love you. Trust me, I do. All of God's creation, no matter what he created, I'm in total dire love with it. I promise you. From the bottom of my heart. Um, Again, I'll chime in, you know, and tap in and expound upon what we talked about today. Um, I really want to get into a little bit about what you're able to do with your Merkaba and give you a couple of other dynamics and perspectives of the Merkaba. And then we'll slide into other topics about how you're able to go through these stargates and go to different places after that. But learning how to be able to use your vehicle, learning how to actually care so much about yourself that you start caring about this glandular system that you automatically start caring about everything around you the same way. But you got to start caring about yourself first. You start caring about this glandular system inside your body. I guarantee you, you're going to start caring about everything around you the same way. You're going to want everything around you to feel the same way you're feeling. And you're going to do everything in your power to make that happen. That's the Christ. That's the Christ. In the name of love and light, light and love. This is Sojourner Drew. With the 1212 Lightwork Podcast. It's my pleasure. Again, it's an honor. I love you. Have a blessed and highly favored day.